Hey guys, this is Angel Garza, superstar from WWE, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, to the most fresh news of the wrestling. So keep listening, and just remember one thing, El Latino está en la casa, baby. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to our WrestleMania 36 Night 2 Recap. Still not sure what in the hell I just watched. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and I too am shooketh to the most right now. My God, Nick, just when I thought that Night 1 was, they did a fantastic job with it, and it it over-delivered Night 2... Well, night. We'll, well, we'll talk about night two. There was a lot to talk about tonight. Yes. Uh, in in the second night of the WrestleMania, too big for one night, even though it was a total of six and a half hours, which is about the length of a normal WrestleMania. But that's neither here nor there, Nick. Yep. Because yep. there was still it was a lot of matches. There was a lot they had to get done. The entrances weren't as long, so I guess technically they did show us more wrestling than in a normal WrestleMania. So I'll give them that. Uh, and there was so much. So much, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. And to be honest with you, this is going to get a little difficult at some points because I have not had the chance to process fully everything that I saw tonight, specifically when it comes to the Bray Wyatt and John Cena Firefly Funhouse match, which I don't want to talk about yet. I don't even want to dip my toe into that. I'm just going to say that it's there. It's the elephant in the room, and we're going to get to that. But my God, Nick, what an exciting night. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners, everyone who hung out with us in the Discord chat. Mm. It was a ton of fun. You guys were lively. You guys were entertaining. You guys were hilarious. You guys are awesome. Thank you for that. And to everybody else out there, all of our patrons, all of our, all of our listeners, everyone who's out there, thank you guys so much for joining us and for being a part of this show. It's a time of year where it really comes home to yep. us how awesome this community is. So thank you guys very much. And speaking of that community, if you are just joining us, Nick, where can they check us out if they want to be part of this? Yeah, here on YouTube, guys, all of the links are down in the description below. You can hit up bwopodcast.com where you'll find links to our Facebook group. Uh, just search for Busted Wide Open over there. Get Like our page and get into the discussion group with the rest of our phenomenal ones, our patrons, our lovely patrons. Uh, if you'd like to get in on some of those exclusive rewards, head over to patreon.com slash bwo. It is the best way to support the show, and you get some exclusive perks for doing so. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. And most importantly, subscribe to us here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you got your notifications turned on too, uh, because so you get notified anytime we go live and all that good stuff. Speaking of which, uh, I'm a little shook today because. Guys, we hit a goal. I know it doesn't reflect it as such on the stream, unfortunately, because I think it broke it. Uh, but we broke a thousand subscribers today, and a certain hat tip to a couple of gentlemen who made that possible. Thank you, thank you so much uh, for helping us get over that hump. But yeah, big time. All bets are off at this point, guys. The check boxes have been goal. checked. 
And that now, was our goal. now it's a, a little bit of a waiting game. Uh, and then we're going to start unlocking all of these other little things. So Ian and I have some big plans for going into our fourth year here on the Busted Wide Open podcast. If you're not subscribed, make sure you do. Throw the like on some videos that you uh, enjoy watching or have a good if you have a good time. Uh, but let's get into what went down on WrestleMania Night 2. Well, it was uh, a kickoff show. Again, we had a kickoff show with a little match that they didn't really announce before this. Uh, Saturday, when they announced they were going to have Liv Morgan versus Natalia. And frankly, Nick, I don't know if we need to spend too much time on this because it was basically just a match. Yeah. Liv, Liv Morgan beat Natalia, kind of snuck, snuck one over on her. It was the, uh, the young buck beating the veteran, and that was pretty much it. it but the Liv push continues with just less of the stupid trappings of the dumb Lana Lashley-Rusev feud. Now she's just out there beating people that they're presenting to us as being uh, veterans. So at this point, and, and it's, a, it's still it's pre-show, but it's a WrestleMania match. Is it safe to say that they still have plans for Liv Morgan? Um, this is what I wanted to say about it. Uh, I'll get back to that question in just a second, because my answer is I hope so. My, my answer is right. I absolutely hope so. Uh, this felt like, hey... Sorry about all that Lashley Lana stuff. Uh, here's a WrestleMania paycheck for you. Have fun. I, Here, go oh, go go out and do uh, five minutes of work with Natty. Here you go. That's what this felt like that. to me. You know, I, I I don't know what the hell's going on. That's not anymore with works, them. I understand that's not how it works. I'm being a dick. But that's what it felt like. Uh, I got yeah. you. Um, that's kind of what it came across as. So I at the same time I wanted to make sure that I do hope that Liv Morgan continues because she had a pretty pretty dug in gimmick that she had going on or at least look right and character yeah. with a pseudo harley quinn thing that she had been doing for years and completely yeah. threw all of that out the window lost the colored hair went full blonde you know <sighs> she went she went from harley quinn to black cat which is yeah. smart considering you already have a harley quinn in wwe which is alexa bliss right. so she did differentiate 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 herself a little bit there uh however it's it's also it's hard for me not to look at it and think it's her kind of going do you like me now daddy vince yeah what do you think of me now my, my blonde look i'm dressing skimply black, Am black I not leather skimp- and blonde hair uh, yeah hey. am i not skimpy for you enough daddy so I'm trying to not see that, but it's hard It's hard not to, given the environment. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, talented, I think that she does have a lot of things to offer and a lot of places she could go. So hopefully they do continue to push her and they find things for her. Uh, and this, I thought, was just evidence of that. Same. Um, then we had another women's match to open WrestleMania night two. And I was a little surprised this went here. But looking at everything else, it's kind of the only logical choice to open up this night, and that was Charlotte Flair facing off with the NXT champion, Rhea Ripley, the first time an NXT title has been defended at WrestleMania. Uh, And this was unsurprising in the fact that it turned out to be two women beating the crap out of each other. And you kind of expected that with, with, with these two women. Um, And frankly, I thought it was a very well-worked match. What was surprising for a lot of people, was that the end of this match was not a coronation for Rhea Ripley. It was not a moment to say, here's the new big thing. It was a moment to say, hey, remember Charlotte? She used to be a champ. 
She's going to be a champ again. Charlotte Flair beats Rhea Ripley, taps out Rhea Ripley after working her leg that Charlotte had injured a few weeks ago. She worked her leg the entire match and then put her in the figure eight to win the match. Rhea Ripley did fight gamely through the entire thing. She, she looked strong. She looked good. Charlotte just looked better. She looked cagier like, the vet, like a veteran uh, who'd, just been, who'd done it before, and she knew how to pick her apart. Now, this pissed off a lot of people, Nick, and I have a feeling that you're one. Yes. I'm over here rubbing Why my face that? upset. But look, I've been saying on this show for months, at some point, this is I'm going to beat this into you guys' forehead. At some point, we're going to have to move on from the four horsewomen of NXT. And I don't know what the addiction is to that. Yes, they're amazing. Yes, they're good. But as we've seen with Becky Lynch, there's something in, we use in, in mathematics called diminishing returns. And the longer you ride that horse, the less valuable it's going to be. It's going to become watered down. You're going to lose people's attention. People have already started to kind of turn on Becky after seeing her win last night. You should have seen Twitter explode after seeing her beat Shayna last night. And now, again, mm -hmm. rinse and repeat, night two, we have another hot new up-and-comer coming straight out of, not even out of NXT. They went down, they sent the horsewoman down back down to NXT to get her and beats her. So if you're going to groom new talent, you might have just burned maybe the best two candidates in the women's division that you had coming up that were next beyond what is already doing great. And they're doing just as good a work, and they're going to be longtime superstars. Now, is that going to change the fact that they're going to be with WWE for a long time and that they're going to be superstars? I, I don't think so. But this was a big opportunity that I think they just really screwed up because Becky and Charlotte See, did not need this at all. And here's the funny thing. I cannot defend Becky Lynch. With the story they told, with the person they had presenting that, with Shayna's history, Shayna should have won that match. I can't defend that at all. I can find no reason for that. Here, however, and the reason why I picked Charlotte to win this, and I was one of the few people that did, well, the reason I picked Charlotte to win this is because this is one where I feel Charlotte brings a certain equity to NXT. Yeah. I think they feel like she will bump the ratings. Even though she hasn't yet, they feel like if she's there long-term, she's going to be such a marquee talent like a Finn Balor that she's going to raise the ratings down there and legitimize them more. Plus, they have such a massive talent pool of women down there that having her be the big lion at the top is going to, to spread out that whole division a lot more. Now, that being said, whether or not that's going to be true uh, is a whole other discussion. That's just what I think that they're thinking. The other thing here is the way this match was presented, Charlotte was set up, and it was with, actually the whole feud, was that Rhea was the very capable up-and-comer, the one who she kind of had Charlotte's number, but only if she surprised her. Yeah. Right? When Charlotte had the jump, she picked Rhea apart every time. And that's how this whole thing was presented, even to this match, where when Charlotte was able to lock Rhea down, she ultimately would come out on top because she's Charlotte Flair. She's a, she is at this point, she's a, a veteran. She's been around. She knows how to do things. She knows how to get things done in that ring. She knows how to beat up-and-comers like Rhea Ripley. What this sets up, potentially, is a rematch later on down the road where, Le where Rhea has learned a thing or two and can come back and say, yeah, you beat me last time, Charlotte, but guess what? I'm not that same brash kid that I was then. Because let's face it, dude, Shayna has some tenure. She was champ for a long time, yeah, twice years. down in yeah. NXT. Right. So she had some tenure as a champ. 
Rhea's barely been champ. She was barely champ over in the UK. Her career is extremely short. Shayna Baszler's 38 now, 39. She's a little longer than the tooth. You've got you to gotta get that horse on the track while you can. Rhea, you got plenty of time. So it, at, while I do understand the vitriol towards, oh, God, Charlotte Flair again, another horsewoman picks it up, horsewoman or Alexa Bliss, the, the, if you're talking like, if this was the uh, four horsewomen of, uh, horsemen of uh, thrash metal, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax, yeah. Be- uh, Alexa Bliss would be testament, the unofficial <laughs> fifth horsewoman. Nice. Uh, but that's the thing. If you're talking about the four horsewomen of, of NXT uh, being on top, Charlotte is one where there's still so much equity in her and they're finding a different role for her and not having her just go and be part of whatever is happening on SmackDown so that those two horsewomen over there can get some work done. They're spreading them out from each other. Right, and I think that they're that's going to create. They're now the ceilings that people have to overcome. But you have to have those ceilings be established. So Charlotte's going to go to NXT, get established, and then become the ceiling people break. I don't think it was the time here, but that's that's the point of this was to get her to NXT if that's what they want to do. I'm curious if that is what they actually go for after this. But that was what I was seeing in the way they were presenting all this coming out. See what I'm interpreting from it, what I'm reading into it. Guilty is. You know, you've got the most talented women's division in the world down in NXT. I'm going to start saying yep. over in NXT instead of down in NXT because it is its own brand now. And we've touted for years now what an amazing bench and roster that they have in the women's division in NXT while we lambaste AEW in the main roster for some of the shenaniganry that they do in the women in their respective women's divisions. So, no, I absolutely do not need Charlotte Flair reigns to go down to down to NXT to those poor girls in the locker room to help them break through that glass ceiling. I, I don't no. No, yeah. no, no. I'm sorry. I respectfully disagree with you there, man. That's that is That's it's the last place that we need Charlotte Flair to go to get more title opportunities. You know? She, as she as she milked the main roster of title opportunities at this point yes that's literally the point of all of her promo yeah. <laughs> literally the point of why she went for Rhea's title she says i've gotten all the titles up here what else is there for me nxt mm-hmm. i'm gonna go do that until someone steps up to defeat her and if Rhea defeats her on her first time doing it then that actually really undercuts charlotte i think in some ways like did Rhea need this win yeah but she's going to have so many more opportunities. And she will, yeah. That's what I was saying you know before. Like I mean? Her and uh, Shayna are going to have so many more opportunities from here, depending on Shane Shayna's not. No, that's my point. Shayna's not. So Vince is cooling on her. We, we've heard that, yes. So. But it's also her age. Yeah. Her career, she has, she has way less of a career in front of her than Rhea does. I'm saying Rhea's got tons of a career, so this is, this is fine at this point. Yeah. The, the Shayna, Rhea thi- the Shayna uh, and Becky thing, I'm still pissed about. That's, that's dumb. Yep. That's something else, but uh, but yes, I can I can understand what they were doing here. I also understand why people are pissed that Charlotte, that Charlotte won, why they're calling her Charlotte Reigns. I get it, I get it. But at least look at it this way: you can't really call her Charlotte Reigns because she's not being forced down your throat as a face. Not yet. She's being she's she's being presented as this cocky, somewhat heel. She's being presented as that's, a flair. That's totally fair. Frankly, yeah, that's totally frankly, fair. she's being presented as a flair. I'm sorry, you can't beat me. To be the man, you got to beat the man. She's literally being presented like a flare. What do you people want? I love it. She's she is what she is. 
So that's that's what I'm going to go to bat for my girl Charlotte right there yeah. on. Uh, real quick, I'm going to call out a lot of tips. The tip jars fill overflowing. It was empty oh, yesterday. God. You guys are crazy. Uh, Jardy with 10 bucks. Thanks, everybody, for an amazing WrestleMania weekend, and congrats Dude. on the 1,000 subscribers. Thank you, Jardy. All the Thank way you, from, from Europe. From Belgium, I believe, is where you're at, Jardy. Yes. Uh, Roberto mm. with $4. I lose by four points. You get $4. Thank you very much, Roberto. <laughs> and, me, hey, man, dude. good showing, dude. You still beat, good. You still beat us. Uh, next up, Esme. 1,000 subscribers well deserved, sirs, with the $10 in the tip jar. Thank you very much. Esme, thank you, sweetie. And that, that's Robert so nice of P. You. Forgot the $11 I put down for Rhea and the new blood. All right. There we go. So thank you guys all so much thank for all of this. Thank you very much, guys. Very, very uh, kind of you. Where do we go from here? Uh, next up, we had Lashley and Black, right? Lashley, uh, yes, the returning Bobby Lashley and Alistair Black. I actually, uh, I didn't know this. I didn't know that this match was potentially in jeopardy. I knew that Lashley had been quarantined because he came back from a trip to South Africa. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess he'd been quarantined. And uh, I was talking to the Going In Raw guys this morning, and they were saying that they were under the understanding that this match was questionable. Huh. Um, and I, I, I told them, I'm like, no, I, I thought that this was a, a definite thing because Lashley did his, his two weeks in quarantine. Right. He was fine, and they shot the match. Um, they were actually saying that they didn't think that this match was going to go on, which they didn't bet more on it. They didn't put more confidence points in it. So, um, so yeah, I wasn't aware that it was, it was quite on the ropes as much as it was, but I'm glad we had it because it ended up being actually a very simple but entertaining match, and that that was uh, Lana and 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 Lashley came out. Lashley and Alistair pretty much traded the entire time. It was power versus skill essentially. Alistair's strikes versus Bobby Lashley's power. That was the story, pretty straightforward, and the finish was very clean as well. Um, Bobby's got Alistair up. Looks like he's going to power slam him, and. Uh, um, and Lana goes, no, 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 no. Don't pin him right now. Spear him. Finish him with the spear. Mm. Lashley goes, okay, my love. Mwah, blows her a kiss. Gets set up for the spear. <laughs> As he goes in for the spear, black mass and the big man is down. And Alistair Black picks up the win. Can we, before we like dive in, this, can we talk about how hard your boy here freaked out over Alistair Black's entrance in his fully evolved demon form yeah, with his necromancer shoulder like shoulder pads with big spikes and his his hood and his uh graphics his VR graphics with like the lament configuration triangle corners yes. like I was losing my dang my mind those y'all on discord know how is it I was freaking that out. in the performance center with no audience somehow they get his entrance right after still a year. They, they still don't know how to shoot him coming up out of the grave. They still don't know how to shoot him coming out of the mist. This was better. They still don't know how to do that. But but they still they got a lot of other things right. And I've actually got friends who are watching WrestleMania who are texting me who haven't watched wrestling in years. And they're coming back and they're and they're watching it cold who saw him and they just they were like they jumped out of their seats at this guy. They're like, who the hell yeah. is that guy? Exactly. And that kept throughout the entire match, just the way he presents himself, everything. He's got it. And I'm so glad that he won this match because it shows that WWE knows that he has it. it. And they did it in a way that still protected Lashley somewhat. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess my other I, question. I want to say yeah. one other thing about this match. Uh, I was not expecting a lot. I frankly expected this would be one of those three to five minute matches where it would be a quick black mass uh, squash. 
Uh, I thought maybe Rusev would have his contract stuff worked out and he would come out and interfere, maybe cause a DQ. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, I was it over-delivered in my opinion. This was better than I expected these two to put on a match. And we forget how good of an in-ring worker Bobby Lashley can be when he's just allowed to go and not being scripted with some bullshit wedding parody or cheating angle, right? So I... I really enjoyed this, letting these two guys just go at each other. They were they were fantastic. I really enjoyed this match a lot more than I expected to, to be honest. Yeah. It was, again, simple, effective, and fun, and the right guy won. And yet Bobby Lashley didn't look like an idiot, right. aside from the fact that he took his wife's advice to go for that, that finishing move because he wanted to, you know, he wanted to... Uh, have that kind of arrogant moment of, oh, I'm really, I'm a finishing, my finishing move. And it didn't work out. That's great. That's good stuff. Kept him still looking like, you know, he was, he was strong, just, you know, wasn't his day. Yep. But Alistair also looked like a monster as well. Just good stuff all around. Good stuff. So, and, and of course, we both picked Alistair Black because always been on Black. I think one person, well, that wouldn't work with this one because, never mind. Um, only one person in the pickums picked Lashley, unfortunately. So this was really. I, I figured Lash- this was a foregone conclusion, uh, but somebody thought differently. So, yeah, Jonathan Malo. Malo, yeah, picked uh, picked Lashley. Yep. yep, yep. You know, and 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 honestly, like I didn't give this my full points because I was like, there was that little thing in my head they could try to restart something with Lashley. So I'm I'm not mad at him for doing that. I I get it. Big uh, the crazy, champ decided to make his myself. his appearance known with six dollars and ninety cents in the tip jar. Robbie, thank we'll you, get sir. You we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll get to you we'll in a moment, sir. To you. Yes. We're coordinating our new champ here in a little bit. <laughs> uh, that, that's right. The title did change hands, but we'll talk about that in a second. I'll just leave that hanging in the air while we go talk about Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Now, uh, you talk about WrestleMania being the place where they kind of lay a bunch of feuds to rest, where they finish storylines, where they land planes, essentially. It's the one where... Usually the good guys should be going over. And for the most part of this WrestleMania, that was the case. The right people won, if you will, a lot of these matches. Outside of the and women's this is division. A story line, yes. uh, this is a storyline that they've been running for a few months now. And usually that means with WWE that it's gotten stale or that they've screwed it up somewhere or there's been a misstep. Whereas this storyline, they brought to a really interesting place at the perfect time after giving us just enough information every week on SmackDown for a couple of months. So it's been built up, so now that son of a bitch, Dolph Ziggler, who snuck into Mandy's DMs while Otis was just trying to get with the woman of his dreams, and we find out that Mandy's best friend, Sonya Deville, was sneakily trying to sabotage the whole thing's in cahoots with Dolph Ziggler. I tried to tell y'all it was Sonya. That dirty ba- dirty bitch. I, I just I knew it the way that <laughs> that backstage segment. I all knew right, it was calm coming. down over there. Oh, calm down, calm right, down. Right. Good grief, before you start, get yourself in trouble. Uh, okay, so oh, I know we know you're a fan of Otis, Nick. How did you feel when Otis finally got his hands on Dolph Ziggler? And not only that, but when Sonya Deville, who was out there with Dolph Ziggler ringside, uh, looking pretty awesome, I must say, it's probably the best Sonya's ever looked. Uh, when he finally gets his hands on Ziggler after Mandy comes out of the back to take out Sonya so that, so that Otis can finally hit the caterpillar on Dolph Ziggler and get the win over Ziggler and then pick up Mandy, give her a smooch, and carry her off to the back. The boy got the girl. Nick, where was your head with this? Uh, what did you feel? Uh, listen, I, uh, 
I didn't even care about the pickums anymore. Uh, I was so fulfilled uh, between hitting a thousand subscribers right before the show, uh, before WrestleMania started tonight, and uh, getting to see this finally come to fruition. I had thoughts, and they started to manifest themselves uh, to where Sonya hit Otis in the dozer while the referee wasn't looking. Or sorry, Dolph right. did while Sonya was distracting, uh, kicked Otis in the dozer. Um, right. So at the same time, I, I was like, oh, here we go. This is exactly why I picked off to win because they want to continue this. Uh, where, where's Mandy going to come out and this is going to start the feud? And then cue Mandy coming out and slaps her ringside. And now we have the Mandy and Sonya Deville angle in full effect and going. But no, Mandy decided to jump in the ring and low blow Dolph Ziggler so that Otis yep. could land the caterpillar. And I was like, ah, didn't see that coming. Okay. You didn't, but every, pretty much everybody else did. Everyone was rooting for Otis. Anyway, I was shocked you weren't rooting for your boy here. I was rooting for him, but I, right. I was also... Not in the Pickums. In the Pickums, <laughs> I was trying to do a little strategery. Right. <laughs> Where did that land you? Not too but, good! But how, what, what, was it, now, that was a great WrestleMania moment. It was truly just... They, they've done a great job with this storyline. It is one where I feel like they just they brought it in smoothly into the airport, landed that plane... And gave us a nice moment where Otis finally gets to smooch Mandy at WrestleMania. It's just freaking adorable um, and slightly disturbing, but also adorable. I could have done without JBL screaming about PETA, but that's neither here nor right. there. <laughs> at the end of the day, this was a feel-good moment that I feel like they delivered on. Um, and honestly, considering the fact that there's been so many times in WWE history where they have not been able to pull off anything like this, whether it's just the writing or the performers or it just doesn't quite hit, I've got to really point it out when they do. Yeah. When they really do actually nail it, it's fantastic. It is. And I feel like they nailed it here. They absolutely And it's did. partly because Otis is great, Mandy's great, Dolph's great, Sony's great. They all nailed their parts And here. they're all finally getting, so, other than Dolph Ziggler, they're all finally getting a spot to, to shine here in this right. larger story and orbit that they're all kind of dancing around this, this bigger story. The fact that, that creative and the producers behind the scenes have allowed them to steer into it. Something that Otis kind of started on his own, just creepily messaging and commenting on Ot uh, Mandy's stuff on Instagram. <laughs> so I, <laughs> it worked out, I guess. They, they, they Shoot brought your it. damn shot. That's what it's telling you. Exactly. Shoot your damn if you shot get an opportunity, you take that opportunity. Somewhere Tito Sabatelli <laughs> is sitting there going, son of a bitch. Oh, man, the tip jar continues to go wild. Anonymous, anonymous with $34 because Brock winning would have given me three of the last four Pickham's titles. I don't get that reference. Uh, I think it was Will. I think it was Will. That would have been, was, yeah, that's right. That must have been so. Will there. Uh -huh. uh, next up, Jack tips $7. Hey, been a lurker for a while, but here's to WrestleMania being pretty great. And one for each finisher you, in the yeah. main event. You guys are such good shit. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. That's the first time I've ever been happy about finisher spam. And, Thank you very much, And not Jack. to be outdone, Mr. Dubstep Rob himself with $77 in the tip jar. $1 for what? every tiny point I made. You guys gave it all this weekend thank you very much rob hope you enjoy the song oh, too man you guys guys thank you very much <laughs> too too generous oh you guys are awesome oh sorry <sighs> it just <sighs> i'm so fulfilled i'm between that and watching otis finally get the girl i'm definitely getting a little he, little emotional he carries emotional her off here she's holding on so tight he can just let go and like put go. a fist yeah. up and a, and a raise a one as he walks out with the girl he got he got the girl 
Oh, he got the girl. It's so good. What happens now, though, Nick? So what next? Who cares? Who's, the, who's, who's, <laughs> truth, who's the truth hacker guy? Mustafa Ali. Who's, like, what's going to happen now? Are Dolphin Sonya going to be a team from now on? Because that, that would be cool. I was thinking about yeah. this after SmackDown Friday night, and here's my theory. I don't think it's Mustafa Ali. Do you happen to remember who backstage... Mandy and Sonya would mess with or interact with most recently before she got injured. Amber Moon. Yeah, you mentioned that you thought it was... I, I think it was Esme actually said it was Amber Moon last time in the, in the chat, and I think that's a great idea, too. I haven't been That'd sold be that it's cool. Ali yet. I, everybody thinks because of the blue circle thing and his hand, Iron Man hand thing, okay, it's a little, a little right. too on the nose. It could also be the moon. It could also be the moon. It's so circular. Could be re- I'm not mad at full that. repackage of Ember here into some kind of like digital full hacker thing. Repackage. I'm yeah. in. As a tech guy, yes, you've got me. And she's been she's been on a lot of these like like uh, um, a lot of the nerd shows where she's playing D and D and she's playing video games and she's shown that like they had her reading a book last time we saw her. So like they've shown that she's that they're aware of that side of her real life personality. One wonders she had a cosplay wedding, as I recall. Like so. That's I think that's a strong second option. Like they're making us think it's Mustafa Ali, and they're going to swerve us, and it's Ember. But either way, I'm not mad with them being packaged that way. But there is one thing that's a little glaringly obvious, and Andy called it out in the chat. So kudos. I wasn't going to say this, but yes, it's very clearly a a Caucasian male hand that went up in the air uh, on the one bit that they replayed again tonight on night two. I don't know if that'll come into it, or uh, maybe. It- Maybe they're doing the swerve where you see the person and then like the final when they finally reveal it, it's someone else in that outfit and they're just swerving us. Who knows? Yeah. But we shall see. Yeah. We shall see. Uh, moving on, Edge versus Randy Orton in probably the longest last man standing match I've seen maybe that ever. Might be a it was like close to 40 minutes, man. It was it was a long match. Yeah. Um, but then again, and this was the this was the thing I thought when the match ended. Because in the middle, I felt like it was starting to get a little long in the tooth, started to drag. Yeah. But at the end, I went, you know what? I feel like they made that whole feud so personal that it earned it. It earned the length and it earned the drama that they ended up having by the end. Because those dudes, brought, they started in the ring. They started off with an RKO. Edge comes out to the ring. Um, and my heart broke because he didn't have a huge crowd to see him come back to WrestleMania. But I had to put it aside because Randy Orton was dressed up like a cameraman and jumped in the ring and gave him an RKO out of nowhere. And we were off to the races. I thought for a second, I was like, oh, shit. Is this going to be a 10-second squash? No. Right? I, I was like, no. is, oh, Ed, is Edge going to recover? Is Randy just going to go get chairs and concerto him again right there in the middle of the ring and get counted out? Are we going to be out of here in two minutes? Uh, we, that was not the case. Uh, I did think it got a little long in the tooth. We were having some fun. Listen, shout out to the interior designers at the Performance Center because I'm a big fan of like uh, exposed ceiling, warehouse, industrial kind of places, but I never would have thought to hang chain link fencing for you to hang well, off of like monkey bars in a way. company that actually uses cages yeah. in their product, so it makes a little bit of sense. Very but clever. they went all over this place. They kind of went in, they went in reverse of the uh, Gargano Champa uh, uh, beatdown that happened a few weeks ago. They went from the ring back into the weight room, beat the crap out of each other in there, all kind of spots in there, including a flying taint uh, 
move that Edge threw on Randy at one point. Randy was sitting in a chair, and Edge lifted himself up by by some hanging bars and just taint dropped him. And there was a a, a sledge that Randy tried to push into to Edge. He tried to, to sledge Edge. Tried to give Edge the no. Okay. Oh, he, he and kicked, uh, oh, the sled, not the sledge. sledge. It's a sledge. It's a sled. If you're trying to hit Edge with it, it's a sledge. Oh, all right, I'm out. Just Go for work it. with yeah, me. Okay. Um, and <laughs> so they're fighting in the, they're fighting in the weight room. They fight down the hallway. They fight into one of the office rooms. They fight onto the the metal table with the studs on the side and the 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 cage stuff hung above it. Edge pulls himself up on the cage and drops onto Randy at one point. And they fight down another hallway. They knock down a cameraman. They fight into the back warehouse. They fight in front of the promo area. They fight onto the top of a damn truck, a pickup truck, and they they Edge gets DDT'd onto the the cover of the back. They get on top of one of the full on like production trucks, yeah. and uh, there's RKOs up there. There's spears up there, and finally, finally, there is a concerto onto Randy Orton after Randy uh, after Edge finally puts him down. He gets him down. And he, he chokes him out with his uh, his new finishing move. Chokes him out, puts him onto a chair, and then with a tear in his eye, gives a concerto to Randy Orton. And Randy was not getting up for that. Now, mind you, forty minutes of getting through all of this, forty minutes of selling, forty minutes of these boys selling, and probably not entirely selling after a certain point. I mean, at one point, Edge came off the top of a, a I don't even know, like a like a higher up area onto Randy Orton, who was on a platform below with a big old elbow drop. Um, they must have had been really feeling beat up by the end of this and tired and winded like that could not have been all selling. No. But my God, by the end, it felt epic. It felt emotional. Edge's face when he finally pretty much killed Randy at the end to keep him down uh, was was amazing. Yeah. Perfect emotion. Um, they had the opportunity with this format of being able to cut certain places and make sure the cameras that they were using were the right cameras got the best shot for it. So it felt clean in that sense and from a production sense. And at the end, yeah, Nick, it was exhausting, but I feel like it deserved to be, right? It, I, we needed to be worn out just like they needed to be worn out because yeah. of all the grit talk, right? Constantly being able to recover. This was a grit, grit. match. It was yes. grit, right? And it required it us match. to have grit to grit Good our point. teeth through it, right? So by the end, though, Randy Go- leaves Edge, hits Edge with an RKO on top of that trailer, uh, climbs down, gets two chairs, brings them back up while Edge is recovering, and just... He was next to the biggest ladder in existence. Right. It was like a 30-foot ladder down by the catering table with EC3 hanging out. <laughs> I'm kidding. EC3 wasn't there because he's nowhere. But there was a giant... like, And they had that big ladder. I'm like, please, please, please don't let Edge see that ladder. He'll try to come off of it. Yeah. He'll uh, try to come off that ladder. I, I loved how emotional he got. Uh, I probably haven't... Mm, let me think. I I don't think I've gotten that emotional watching a wrestling match probably since Michael's Flair. Really? Yeah. Like I was I was pretty worked up cuz just I see I, I see somebody else start to go and I'm like, "No, no, mm, 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 no. No, mm, <laughs> no, I'm not nope, I got to go. No, oh, no, edge, no, no. Okay. Mark Henry retirement speech? Yes, no. No. no? Cuz okay. that was a big sham anyway. Well, Found that out eventually, right. yeah. Um, you didn't know at the first part. Anyway, yes, the bottom line was is that, yes, it was it was long. And in the middle, I kind of was saying, all right, boys, bring it home. And there was 10 more minutes after that. And then they got to the end, and I went, no, no, no. That was 
they earned it. They earned it. And with this feud, with it being this person, with it being this much about grit, I thought that, that was a, they gave us exactly what it should have been. Yep. And I, I thought, I'll leave it at that. I thought it was perfect. Leave it alone. Don't yeah. touch it. Well, it's exactly what I wanted great, it to be. I wanted it to be long. Job. I wanted to be. I wanted it to be an adventure. I got a little scared at the beginning when Randy snuck in with an, R- an RKO out of nowhere. As you should have been. That's the point. And I was like, oh, No, don't do it like yeah. that. No, it was not an adventure. Like this. It was. It was a backstage adventure, and that, like that's one you can like sit there and just kind of pick apart stuff in the background. Like, oh, where are this they match has been restarted as a conference room match. No, this match has oh, been restarted man. as a shipping and receiving match. <laughs> where's your osha oh, rep uh, by the way where's your ppe <laughs> uh-uh. uh nicholas mm-hmm. yates with five dollars in the tip jar one for every title that changed hands at wrestlemania was it five i didn't count yet i'm still wrapping I, my head around what happened the last four I, have, I haven't had that we have not had a chance to do all the numbers yet <sighs> yeah no just to wrap up this one like you said dude it was a different room for different parts of this match at one point they were in the office they at one point they're in shipping and receiving i expected craig robinson to pop up and uh, shout out to my boy craig robinson but yeah no it was a uh, it was a fun match that f- fun match he says it was a long exhausting match that at the end i looked back on and went that was exactly what it should have been Thank you guys yep. for nailing that, despite the lack of audience. And that's actually one thing I just want to put a little little tag on at the end, is we're used to these matches going backstage and kind of only hearing like a muffled sound of the crowd. And that's why this one didn't feel too unusual, yep. because we were kind of used to it sounding this way, because we've seen that before. So it actually almost kind of worked. Yep. The next match was uh, a way to get some energy and some vitality and like just a little more fun lightheartedness back into wrestlemania after a very grim gritty match street profits defending their raw tag team championships against austin theory and angel garza el latino es en la casa he is and he has brought his biggest weapon ever (laughs) it's wrestle it's wrestlemania baby you know what that means (laughs) and the pants came off behold 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 my power I may not be in the room with your grandmothers and your wives and our daughters right now, but never fear. Mm. El Latino está en la casa con la máquina sexual. So, Austin Theory, Austin Theory, uh, like Rhea Ripley, very young, all of the potential in the freaking world. Angel Garza, pretty young, reasonably young, all the potential in the goddamn world. Street Profits, not so young. A little longer than the two. They are the champs. Still a lot of potential. Did this go the way... That, I mean, I think pretty much everybody picked Street Profits to retain because it was just such a jumble trying to get this match done. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it after we did our picks on fr- on Saturday. Friday night, I should say. Oh, what a weekend it's been. Uh, I was thinking yeah. about it, and I was like, you know, they've put those damn straps on a 12-year-old kid with Braun Strowman. It's not beyond them to strap Austin Theory tonight. And I started to bite my nails a little bit, especially after night one. Um, so I, <laughs> there's no reason they couldn't have strapped Garza and Austin Theory here just to give have some action, to have some intensity, to have some drama, because they most other people just retained a bunch of stuff, uh, especially over in the women's division. But yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have put it past them to... The Street Profits haven't been champs that long. They haven't been these over overly dominant champions. No. I mean, Garza has been a cruiserweight champion. He's been in all these matches with Andrade and Humberto Carrillo and just everybody, right? So mm-hmm. There's no reason you couldn't he couldn't pull one off 
on uh, on Street Profits. I was. I don't see Austin Theory and because Austin Theory and Angel Garza, I don't think as a tag team is going to last. Andrade's coming back. It would have been such hot shotting to put it on them at this point. I agree. Given just and 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 they barely got this match done because of just all of the tribulations that it was getting here with Andrade getting injured and just everything else. So the Street Profits needed to retain here, and they did. Good. And it was a fairly quick match. It was entertaining. It was fun. It was quick, and it was done. Boom. Uh, Zelina Vega out there with her Mortal Kombat shoulder pads. And then after the match, we had a beatdown. Good. Where Garza and Theory decided to beat down the Street Profits. And I was surprised. Like, All right, I'll get, get a little theirs back. All right, cool. Like this makes that. sense. I did not see what was going to happen next. Nope. Montez Ford's real-life wife, Bianca Belair, comes out to lay out Vega and chase off Angel Garza and Austin Theory. And then poses after the match on the shoulders of the Street Profits. Okay. Nick, what's your opinion? Was this a one-off? Was this a WrestleMania moment, like a really cool way of saying, hey, you guys are awesome? Or Bianca Belair to main roster on Raw? Or is she going to main roster? One. Two, will it be going to Raw? Three, will she be teaming up with the Street Profits? And if so, should Bianca Belair be a manager? That's four questions. I don't, re- I don't remember the like first two. 18 questions. Yes, she should be on the main roster. Yes, she should be on okay. Raw. Yes, she okay. should be with the Street Profits. Should she be their manager? I don't know if be their manager. Freebird, you know, have an intergender team, right? Oh, you, they're not going to do like, real, Be real, like, Nick. Like, like, full, what are they really make them do? a full-on faction. The Street Profits is plural. You can have as many Street Profits as you want to. Why, why does it have to be just two dudes that are in basketball gear, you know? I agree with you if they do this kind of like a new day thing or where she's she's there she she's a viable member titles, they come out you know they come out for her women's matches she comes out for their tag matches yep agreed yep don't have her in a traditional valet nope. role or a manager role because she's way too freaking good for agreed. that agreed 100% agreed 120% but it makes it warms my damn heart that she's out there with her husband did you see the way he was like Slipping her like when well, she was standing over them and the Montez, ring, all smooth. he was just like, like laid out like, oh, he hey. was just like, hey, girl, <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. There, there. That's like that's like Otis Mandy levels of pure love right oh, yeah. there. I love, I love. Oh yeah. Mm. Get you mm. a girl that mm. looks at you, or get you a guy, ladies, that looks at you like Montez looked at Bianca tonight. <laughs> he was, dude. He was looking at her like a Thanksgiving turkey with gravy and mashed potatoes. Right. And he hadn't eaten for a or week. Or like what he Otis was looks like. at Thanksgiving dinner. Right. Yeah. Right. Same. Same thing. <laughs> so we both picked that. Uh, no, I don't know what was happening with the next match. It was all over the place. We don't know. Everyone was confused with this one. Everyone had no idea where this was going. Bailey versus Sasha Banks versus Lacey Evans versus Tamina versus Naomi in a fatal five-way for the sm- elimination match, by the way, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah. This... Swerved us a couple of times. To their credit, because I had mo- not money, but I had points on this. And at this point, Nick, I had realized I needed if if Bailey lost here, uh, like I need I needed Bailey to lose this match. Yeah, I was I was solid. I was gonna win. I was gonna at least be, beat going and wrong. You were gonna lock in, and I was gonna I was gonna lock a lot of stuff if Bailey won. Yeah. So I was I was. Very invested in this match. And to the credit of WWE, because I was invested, like if I gave my attention to this match, they swerved the hell out of us. There was a lot of back and forth where we genuinely did not know what was going to happen. People were actually at one point like, man, maybe Tamina could pull this out. So to <laughs> there, I... 
No, no, they weren't. <laughs> they were. They were in our chat saying maybe Tamina could. No. Hey, man. And after Becky and Shayna no and chance. Goldberg and Braun, no chance in hell. <laughs> I, I was not. I didn't put a lot of points on this. I was not sure of anything with this match. Uh, the story leading into it was Sasha might turn on Bailey, and we all kind of felt like maybe the other three women in the match were window dressing. And ultimately, it did come down to that they were kind of window dressing. But of all the women, the one that hung in there the most was Lacey. You had Tamina get taken out by all four women after they all hit their their rope finishers on her. So Tamina's out. You're down to Naomi, Lacey, Bailey, and Sasha. Naomi finally succumbs to the numbers game. She goes out. Now we're down to Lacey, Sasha, and Bailey. And that's when things started to get interesting. I think a lot of people assumed Lacey was going out next and was going to be down to a, well, the friends had to face each other thing at the end of the match. That's not how it went down. There was a miscommunication. Bailey hit Sasha. Sasha forgave her and said, okay, we cool. But then there was a distraction, and Sasha ate a woman's right from Lacey and got pinned, and Sasha was out, and now it's down to Lacey and Bailey. I was pissed. <laughs> I, this is a, kind of exactly but, what I, why I called Lacey and exactly what what I expected to happen here. What happened after this is I didn't I don't know I didn't see it coming this way at all. Um, the thing that really detracted from this for me was we've been anticipating the Sasha turn in order to build this feud again. Fine, you want to keep all the four four horsewomen? Uh, let's try once again. Maybe third time's a charm. To really fire up Sasha Bailey 2.0, uh, mm-hmm. like we had in NXT, and you know that was what we were all sort of expecting in here to to happen. Nope. Sasha started to stir after Lacey and Bailey were having some action in the ring. Comes in, gives Lacey Evans a bank statement. Bailey Penzer retains the title, and I just kind of went. <sighs> it just it let all the air out of the balloon for me. And I just, I, I just threw my hands up in the air, and I'm like, you know what? I wasn't even invested in it anyway. Like I haven't been in, invested in Bailey since the heel turn. I, 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 you know what? Karen, the manager's over there. I just, I don't, I want to care. I really do, mm-hmm. but I just don't. Uh, is part of Bailey's problem her demeanor and the way she carries herself? Because when she came out for her entrance, she's walking in and profile. With her music and everything, I was like, oh, damn, yeah, Bailey's got a good outfit. She looks great. And then she turns to the front, and she has this kind of, like, glum expression on her face. And her shirt's cut all weird, so she looks like she's got these little, like, kind of tiny shoulders. She went up and dug she's up kind of Seth slung. Rollins' gear from a year and a half ago. It's, like, literally his, though, because it's the wrong size for her. Right. <laughs> and then she's, like, kind of slouching to the ring, and she doesn't really, really want to be there. And I think she's playing that she's intimidated by having to face four people for her championship. And it could go any way tonight. Yep. But what it came across, like I was looking at it and trying to step back and look at it as someone who doesn't watch wrestling. And I did, all I could feel was, that's the champ? She doesn't look like a champ. She doesn't even look like a wrestler. It did, the way she carried herself did not, it didn't like, here, and here's, here's the really big difference. She took off that shirt and imme- immediately I was like, okay, she looks a lot better. At the end of this, she got up on the turnbuckle and started screaming at the non-existent audience that she was still the champ. And I was like, that, that, there, there, that looks like a damn champ, like a heel champ, right there. But the entrance and the way she tended, like she was carrying herself at the beginning, it did not. And part of it, I think, is just she has not locked in on making her character consistent across the board. When she's on commentary, 
talking to Michael Cole, she just seems like 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 a like a like kind of a silly little girl and not like a, a mean heel champ who's actually got it in for everyone else in the division. Yeah, if that makes sense, it does. And especially after you know when um, when Becky retained last night, I actually got kind of excited. I'm like, oh, maybe they are going to swap Bailey around. Nope. But oh, here's the other thing. At the end of this, they. I feel like they set up for future stuff with Sasha and Bailey, and I wondered why they didn't do it here because you had Sasha essentially quote I unquote why forgive they didn't do it back Bailey. At SummerSlam. <laughs> You're talking about a perfect opportunity. But Sasha at the end slowly hands Bailey her title, and Sasha's sitting there going, you know, this kind of this feeling of like your only champ because of she me. She put it on her. She didn't slowly hand it. Are to we? Her. Are we? Okay. They, well, she slowly put it on her. Is that fine? Okay. Thank you, Captain Technical. My point is, is that Sasha and Bailey are still essentially where they were coming into this match. Nothing is really advanced yeah. except for now. There's a little bit. There's a little bit more tension there. There was already tension. Like they were already playing up the tension on the commentary. This match left us exactly where we were before. Sasha and Bailey are the center of the division. Nothing changed. There's nothing really interesting going on there except for like a couple of looks here and there. Lacey's not good enough to get the job done. Naomi is an afterthought, and Tamina's just, uh, you know, the lump of the division who is in there to just make you think that she's going to beat people up. Yep. And then she's going to get taken out. So this didn't advance anything. This was, this was to me, the low point. I agree, and I feel like it did a v- huge disservice to a returning Naomi with a, with a bit of a new look. Uh, it, it just put throwing her right back into the championship picture and then just making her seem irrelevant all over again. Couldn't we find somebody else for her to have a feud with? Or couldn't we tell a story alongside the Usos and their journeys that they... I just don't understand. And now with Lacey, like last year, we got... We kind of got... Lacey got chumped a little bit, even though she got a couple of title opportunities against Becky. And I thought, okay, well, this time around, she's going to do it as a face. You know, we got her saluting, Marine Corps background, my daughter this and that, Summer this sure. and that. Yeah, perfect time to strap Lacey Evans here. And let Sasha and Bailey go do their thing, like with, right. outside of the title picture. But but again, maybe. It, but I think they think it needs the title for that to go down because they're fighting over something. And maybe yeah. that's where it left us. Maybe. Is now Sasha is sitting there going, eh, "You only won because of me." There's a little. They planted some seeds. All this sure. was was planting seeds for stuff down the road, and it just seems like a strange place. WrestleMania is not the time to plant seeds. Yeah. It's kind of how I feel about it. Speaking so. of planting seeds, uh, Robert with $10 in the tip jar says, Hellfire's around. Great stuff. Thank you. Yes, Thank sir. you. I'm Thank only you allowed very to have much. two, though. I'm out of supplies. i got to figure that out. <laughs> and uh, Andy Nelson, <laughs> what is up, man? Andy Nelson. Dude, I miss you, man. The con- well. we, we have concession stand fans that still message me all the time. What's up, brother? It's good to see you. $10 in the tip jar. Thank you, sir. He Thank says, you, uh, nice work over the past few nights, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother. Miss you, man. Yeah, Looking uh, forward to have you back at the bar soon. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm well, looking forward to getting back to the bar to- at some point. <laughs> I when I can get are. on a plane safely again. Well, Nick, I, something else I've been waiting for is to talk about the next, and I, I don't even know if I can call this a match. We need to talk about the Firefly Funhouse segment, can, match. Can we save this one to last? Thing. Can we go ahead and do Lesnar and, and McIntyre and come back to this one? Yeah, sure. Let's. I, I'm fine with that if you are. Yeah. If you guys are out there, um, sure. Let's do Drew Mac, Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar. Yep. Drew Mac. It was a. Uh, it was again finisher spam. Bunch of F fives. Drew kicks out. Bunch of claymores. Brock doesn't kick out. Drew McIntyre's your new champion. There we go. Coronation. 
He looks through the camera, says thank you to the audience, poses, rawr, that was WrestleMania. Okay. That was it. It was it was like four minutes. Done. That's exactly why I wanted to do that one first before we talk. Just get it yeah, out. Yeah, because there's nothing. It's like, okay, that happened. I thought I, I thought I wanted them to coronate Drew in front of an audience. I feel so bad for the dude that his coronation has to happen in front of TV cameras, and that's it. Um, I, I did not put a lot of money on Brock winning this time and it's, and I'm glad I didn't, I put the right amount on Brock. Um, not your top point bet <laughs> this time, I, Mr. Royal Rumble. No, oh, I learned my lesson, Mr. Nick. I'll shake I a pin at you through the screen. <laughs> yes. No, no need this time. I, I, I played my cards perfectly. Yeah. Well, not, not too perfectly, but, um, yeah, this was fine. It's it was just who's going to win and what's going to happen if they win. Drew won. He's coronated. He's the new guy. Awesome. Let's see what they want to do with Drew going forward. That's pretty much all there is to say about this match. Yep. Um, the the let's do it, yep. man. Let's now talk about the thing that probably everyone's going to be talking about the most from this WrestleMania. And I will I'll eat a shoe, not literally, because yeah, I've seen people do that. I'm not literally going to eat a shoe, but I'll eat a shoe metaphorically. If uh, yeah, have you never seen Werner Herzog eat a shoe? No. He lost a bet, and he, he had to eat a shoe. No. He made a, he made a whole documentary about it. Yeah. No. Oh. Okay. I think it was Werner Herzog got eat a shoe. Either that was or his friend. Anyway, neither here nor there. I'm not eating a shoe, but I'll eat a shoe metaphorically. If this isn't what people talk about about this WrestleMania, we thought it was going to be the Boneyard match from last night because that was spectacular. This threw a depth charge into that and blew it out of the water. Oh, shit. <laughs> this blew my goddamn mind, Nick. This was when I, when we say that something is meta, right? Taking the established plane of understanding and storylines and moving a step aside or above of that and regarding it as a whole in order to tell a separate parallel storyline. That's what this did to a factor of 10. I don't even know how many because I've only had a chance to watch it once. We had to go straight on and do this afterwards. I will be watching this and studying this for a while. Definitely a lot before our next show. I can't wait to go back and and keep picking this apart. One of my favorite parts of... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's going to be really hard for us to... To, to run through this and describe everything. I, I, well, I don't think part? we're going to break it down completely here. This may even turn into a bonus episode. One of my big takeaways that I already have oh, from this that's a great is idea. to... Uh, this, this was for us. This wasn't yeah. for the filthy casuals. This was for... It was for, too, though. Uh, I, hang on. I think Hear it was me too. Out. Hear me out. Okay. Hearing you this out. This was for Hearing you us. Out. This was for wrestling lovers, fans people that have been around for 40 years because there were references from the 80s, 90s, uh, 2000s, and 2010s, and everything in between. It was all across the history of wrestling. And there would be people, there are going to be people out there going, I don't know what Saturday night main event is. Oh, that, why is he standing behind bars? There's gonna, so, uh, that's Which what I'm is talking fine. About. But that's what I'm talking about. It was. It felt... I've I've never felt more like a smark. <laughs> is what I kind of want to tell you. Say. I'll tell oh, you. I'm what, in though. on the joke. I get it. I understand all those if references. You, it was nice to get a lot of references, and I honestly feel like there's going to be ones that went over my head yeah. that are in there. It was so packed with references, and that's kind of what I liked about it is that I think that even people that didn't get all of the references could sit there and watch this and understand 
that they were watching something that was dripping with references and dripping with with you know taking John Cena's history and even in some senses wrestling history in general and deconstructing it and reshuffling it around to make this narrative that Bray was trying to put together for this quote unquote match right. which as he said in it wasn't a match between him and John Cena it was a match between John Cena and himself and I'm I'm having a hard time not going to full on mark out land about this myself because I'm a big freak for storytelling, yes. if you may have noticed from listening to the show. Yes. And if there's one thing that Bray Wyatt has been pushing in WWE for years, it's that kind of storytelling. And, and that's one thing that I loved about him and was always so frustrated when he would seemingly have his legs cut out from underneath him while he was trying to tell a story. And WWE didn't want to tell the same story he wanted to tell. And this is him reasserting himself and saying... Hey, WWE, remember all those years when you didn't want to tell the story I wanted to tell? I'm still going to take that, and I'm going to make a story about it anyway. I'm still going to make my story work, even with you doing what you do. And that just, that, ah, I was was with my jaw on the floor. Him taking John Cena and actually having John Cena himself, not old footage, recreate some of John Cena's greatest moments and then take those and twist them. And twist you them around. Look, Whether, but you can't touch. I almost oh my, when he, shit myself when he did when that. When he when he yeah, well the whole thing was mocking John Cena, mocking John Cena's failures, mocking John Cena's weaknesses. And John Cena has always been presented as a guy who doesn't have weaknesses. Right. The whole point of the match at WrestleMania 30 that they referenced, not only in the build-up to this match, but in this segment itself, where they actually recreated it, uh, a segment from it was John Cena didn't have a weakness in that match. He was able to power through whatever Bray Wyatt's mind games were and come through the other side. He didn't get to do that this time. Wyatt had become so much greater and so much more powerful and so much more outside of the world that John Cena inhabits that John Cena was essentially just another plaything to him. And that was astounding to watch because you've never seen John Cena in peril or in jeopardy like this. No, you've never seen anyone in wrestling in peril like this because the floor of reality had been taken away entirely to say that this built on the potential that, that Matt Hardy created with the deletion universe, uh, the broken universe to say that this, 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 this took that and extrapolated outwards. And even you could say with the, with the, the dark world stuff over an impact, I think this went, Way beyond that because of all of the stuff that they took from actual history, the, the footage they were able to use, they were, they were dropping in fun little references for us fans, like having the Vince puppet say, that's good shit. What? Like having, like, how? There was, there was so much of that. There was so much of that. Uh, it, it's, again, I'm still having trouble finding the words to describe all this because I'm still going over it in my head and every time I try to think about it and de- deconstruct it for myself and explain it to, to you guys and to you, Nick, I find myself getting wrapped back up in all the things that happened in this and I get lost in it. I get lost in, oh, and then that happened and that happened. There's just so much. There's so much. You're right, Nick. Maybe we should do a bonus episode just I don't think we can do this justice in the next this. 10 minutes or whatever we have left here on the show. I think you're right. But I, 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 don't, I, think, I think you're I, right. The other thing I want to call out, the one thing that abs- – like all of the things aside, like they were all – every reference, I think I got all of them. 
but I was even I gave up on trying to type expressions into the Discord chat because I was so glued in <laughs> that I resigned myself to just taking a selfie of myself reacting and posting that in the Discord just because my mind was getting so blown by all of this stuff and how well it was put together. But the one thing, the button on it all, was when Fiend had Cena in the Sister Abigail position and they played a kind of mashed up, mixed up version of what Cena said on Friday night, SmackDown, basically promoing on Bray. As and it, the double entendre of it turned around, and it actually was—he was talking about himself. What? Just yeah. oh god! Just, the guy in scanners. My head just went, just exploded. <laughs> it was—it was absolutely perfect. Abs. And you'll not—you'll never hear me say anything about that like that in WWE for the most part. It was—it was perfect. It, a ten. It was a ten. Absolutely. I, I, don't, agree. I don't know how what else to say about how amazing that was. And I can't wait. As soon as we're done here and as soon as I get this stuff posted and turned down for the night, I'm going right back in there and I might watch it three times in a row. Have you, um, Nick, are you this is I'm gonna go off on a very, very slight tangent okay. here and go, bear with me for a All second. Right. Have you ever heard of a comic book series called The Sandman? Uh or just Sandman. The Spider Man Sandman. Neil, Neil, no, Sandman, uh, Neil Gaiman, the guy who did, who wrote he wrote uh, Coraline, uh, he wrote American Gods, which is on TV right now. He wrote okay. uh, Angels and Demons. Um, he he did a, a, a comic book comic series called Sandman. Okay, and issue six, very early on, in issue six, there's a guy who has the ability to basically get in people's heads and make them do whatever he wants, and he cre- he creates it's called Twenty Four Hours, and he turns this little cafe into his own little playground where he manipulates all these people into opening up who they are and reveal things about themselves they didn't mean to reveal and show the darkest parts of their nature and all the stuff and it's just this one guy sitting in the corner like allowing like pulling on their strings pulling on their strings and letting them hang themselves and this reminded me of that and in the best possible way bray wyatt was a spider and all he was doing was john cena just walked walked backwards into his web and Bray just sat there playing with his food this entire match. And then at the end, the spider is revealed, the fiend shows up, kills John Cena, and Bray Wyatt sarcastically counts one, two, three, and then John Cena blinks out of existence in the middle of the ring. And we're just left with the fiend laughing. God damn it. Can you imagine... (laughs) Just for a second. Can you imagine if we had... Let's erase the SummerSlam title. Let's erase the Hell in a Cell match. And let's just have him kill legends instead of doing all that all the way up to WrestleMania. You guys might remember something like I was saying last summer, like keep it in your pants. This is why. <laughs> this is they, Here's the thing, Nick. I got to give him credit. Bray pulled something out of his pants I didn't think that he had in there. Uwer. Yeah. Uwer, Vicar. <laughs> uh, yeah. This this was mind blowing, and I don't know if we're going to be able to really do it justice here. Yep. Other than this was one of the most lavish expressions of just r- like meta wrestling joy and character building in the wrestling world, and de- deconstructing one of the biggest characters of the last twenty years. It's it's something I've never seen in wrestling before. Yeah. It was spectacular. I can't wait to watch it again, um, and that's really all I can say about it right now. 
can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if wait. I've ever been more sports entertained. <laughs> I was very sports yeah, entertained. Uh, that's about for sure. what it comes down to. But, uh, yeah, there we go, guys. WrestleMania night two. It's 36 is in the books. Uh, but we're not quite done. We got some no. business to attend to uh, that we you do, all but have I, been I, waiting I really, for. We, real quick, Nick, before we get oh, to that. Okay. Did they did they did they pull it off? Did they actually pull off a two night audienceless WrestleMania and we were all entertained? I because they didn't just pull it off; they over delivered. They pulled it off with a plum. Yeah, yeah, yep. Good job, WWE. Well done. Props where props is due. Like, I mean, was it a letdown to not have the audience? Yes. Were they working against really difficult odds? Yes. Were they kind of patting themselves on the back with the whole "We love you and we're still here to entertain you"? Aren't we great? Yes. Should they have done this WrestleMania? Arguable. Did they sports entertain the hell out of us too, Nick? 100%. Yep, they did. Cannot be argued. They did. This was, yep. I think, and I think for the most part with the booking, everything was, they did everything right. They so had, I really they had don't have a whole lot everything about. going against them. They had every they really opportunity did. to make a complete mess of it, and it could have been an absolute disaster. And I can't think of one thing that I'm genuinely upset about. Even the outcomes. Yeah, yeah they didn't go the way that I thought they should have, but that hell, that's most pay-per-views. The, yeah, <laughs> exactly right, Nick. I think that's, that's the thing is, you know what? We're not always going to be 100% pleased. That's just the nature yeah. of wrestling. We're, there's always going to be some things we go, eh, about. That was pretty minimal, I think, all things considered. So, good job. Okay, can we handle some business now and get out of here? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. We got to get this business. I think everyone right. wants to hear this. First, you and first, I. First, you and me. Yep. You and me, tete a tete, one point per match, just straight up pick'em. Yep. How did this break down? Let's break down the pick'em. Let's talk about all the pick'em. Yep. Let me. Uh, let me. Uh, let me. Uh, uh, adjust myself. Get comfy here because this is going to be a roller coaster. Mm. Uh, our pick'ems. Night one, I had six and you had three. <laughs> So we came in here to this one with me having a bit of a lead on you, about 50% lead on you. Yep. But then tonight, it was a close one, Nick. It was a very close one. I made some very dramatic picks that did not work out for me. Uh, unfortunately, you did too. Yeah. You, for some reason, picked Ziggler over your boy Otis and ended up short of me by one with five tonight and six for me, bringing me to a total of 12 and left yourself with just eight. So I'm afraid that I took you this year in WrestleMania, Nick. But that's not all, because we have all of our patrons' pickums to go over as well. Plus, Nick, you and I were in a competition with the Going In Raw podcast, our good friend Steven Larson. So that was a competition as well. There's all kinds of competition. Yep. But, Nick, we have a new patrons' pickums champion. Chris White was defending his Pick'em's Championship this time for the first time after being victorious at Royal Rumble. But we do have a new champion, Mr. Robbie. I'm going to call him Robbie RB. He's a local Robbie friend here RB. in no he's, he didn't uh I, I didn't cheat or anything. Uh, <laughs> I do know him. Hi Robbie. Uh and thank you for the tips and thank you for participating. Uh, but he did pull off a very narrow victory over the current reigning champion by one point. By one point. One Chris White point. almost repeating at he almost retained at WrestleMania. Ooh, over Chris. a two-night WrestleMania. Chris White within one measly point of pulling it off. 
but our new champion and new Robbie RB. Also, by the way, in the hunt, Roberto Rosado and Will James also up there they beat in the high numbers and you. kept it close. Kept it close to the end. Those are the four gentlemen who uh, who who took me to task. Robbie RB, Chris White, Roberto Rosado, and Will James all will be receiving our top prize packages. Well, obviously, uh, Robbie RB will be receiving the top, top one, but Chris, Roberto, and Will will also be receiving. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are going to be a few people getting some stickers, Nick, because uh, you're down there at 28. Yeah, I was in the middle of the pack. You're down. Middle of the pack, you're at 28 of 37. Uh, Excuse me, 28 of 44. Oh, no, you are in the middle. Okay, my my screen. eh, Lower middle. My screen was was uh, zoomed in. I was running the spreadsheet. I know where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, but yes. Uh, yes. Congratulations, uh, Robbie, on your victory. Uh, you tentatively, if we get to go outside in August. Uh, but I don't know if I want audiences at at uh, pay per views anymore after this shit. Good lord, let them do this oh, from now on, do. right? I definitely still want to. Uh, for certainly, for certain matches and things like that. But I would love to see maybe that we've seen WWE over the decades and over the years innovate. I would love to see them add these kinds of things to match cards. Let's have some. You've got the studio. You've got all kinds of capabilities, and you just proved it. You just whipped it out and laid it on the table and showed us what you could do, <laughs> literally. And I, I exactly. So and it's like what now what now you're gonna now you got you've committed yourself you got to do that more often yeah. so congratulations Robbie sorry Chris. that means I have the unfortunate uh, distinction of having to give out our booby prize Nick I've got to tell yes. everyone who received our booby prize meaning that they came in dead last and I am afraid that it is the lovely sweethearted Esme oh no coming in very last Esme no. I am so sorry it didn't work out this time. But what well played. happened? Did you you tanked for the booby prize, didn't you? you, <laughs> you did you have a tanking pay per view? You, you 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 just wanted this one, right? She was going for it. Yeah. Well, uh, Nick, should we just send her a booby prize so she can show everyone when she gets it, or should we tell them it's what the booby prize is? It's kind of hard to explain, so I'd rather we just send it to you and you can reveal it when you get it. I hope you're okay Wonderful. with that because it's something that we really haven't done yet. Wink, wink. All right. Well, then, Nick, that brings us to the very last, very last point of order yes. here, and that is podcast versus podcast in head-to-head competition. <sighs> you and I versus the wonderful gentleman over at Going In Raw, who fought hard. Uh, uh, Larson, unfortunately, he took a hard beating the first day. <laughs> and uh, so it was basically down to me and Steve today, yep. going neck and neck all day. It was. It was brutal because that Charlotte win pretty much made it nearly impossible for me to lose, but I had made some really crazy picks later on. Uh, Sasha not winning and Bailey winning made it really neck and neck. And then basically when it got down to Brock and Drew at the very end, if Brock had won, I would have won. If Drew had won, it was going to come down to what it came down to ultimately, Nick. This is where it got scary too because Nick, uh, he also picked our truth right. as, the, as the guy to walk away with the 24-7 championship. I had picked Mojo Rawley. Mojo Rawley lost it to Gronkowski in the middle of this whole thing. And so we kept waiting for our truth to come out and take it off of Gronkowski. If Gronkowski had dropped the title to our truth, Steve would have beaten me. As it was, it ended up 
in a tie. And so Steve and I had to go to sudden death overtime to our tiebreakers. Oh, no. The tiebreakers. We had to go to our tiebreakers. The tiebreakers were... Uh, hang, we, hang on we, one second before you reveal that. I want to make sure everybody understands. And I think I said this in Discord, but I want to say it here for the show. <laughs> the entirety of WrestleMania came down <laughs> to whether or not our truth was going to get the 24-7 championship back. For, That's it. For our pick Oh, it, it went further, Nick. It then, <laughs> when he didn't, when the whole thing was over, right. we tied. And then it came down to how long Goldberg could be in a damn match. <laughs> That's what it came down to because we had to pick how long we think the Goldberg and Braun Strowman match was going to go. One of us picked four minutes, 30 seconds. One of us picked four minutes and one second. The match went two minutes and 11 seconds. Third, there was 30 a seconds? 20, 29-second differential. <laughs> 29 seconds determined oh whether God. going in raw or busted wide open was going to win. Our truth you know winning the 24 seven title and 30 seconds in a Goldberg match put us over. Oh man. And I was the one with four minutes, one second and busted wide open takes this year's WrestleMania podcast. Pickums challenge. Holy we are smoke. two and oh, Nick two and oh at WrestleMania, baby. Uh, I've already spoken to, to Larson of going in raw we congr- I congratulated him. He congratulated me. We uh, Much love to those guys. They were good sports about it. They will be putting our tattoos on their neck for an upcoming show. Props to them for taking it like champions. And uh, they, did, they did accept our request for a rematch next year at WrestleMania. So thank you guys. Thank you for that. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for your help with this show. Thank you for everything that you do. Much love to you guys. Good game. Very good game. Very stressful game. Yes. Had me mopping at my head at the end there. High fives all around, boys. But I guess it can't be a WrestleMania Sunday unless there's some stress, some sweating, and at the end of the day, somebody going, yeah, motherfucker, yeah! <laughs> I kept thinking during that uh, Cena Bray segment, I was like, why am I sweating? <laughs> I'm sitting still. I'm still sweating. Oh. <laughs> I'm still sweating. I'm sweating again, <sighs> Nick. So much sweating. Uh, well, Overall thoughts on WrestleMania was, real quick before we get out overall, of here. Uh, yeah, I think. Great. I, I, like we said, yeah. It's great. I, just, I had a fun time. Oh. I had a fun time. I had a fun time on Discord. I had a fun time watching the show. I had a fun time betting everything and, and sweating about whether or not we were going to win, sweating about every match. It was it was a blast. Uh, a Brad asks, is the spreadsheet going to be on the Patreon site? The spreadsheet is publicly viewable if you'd like to see it. Uh, and the link is uh, pinned in the discussion group on Facebook. You can find it at the very top. Uh, so it's there. You can click on it. You can go look around. And all the there's tabs at the bottom, too. You can see all the different scores and everything. I, I, want, I want to be open about it and show it to everybody. So, um, hey, you know, Before we get out of here, actually, Jay brought, some, brought up something okay. in the chat here that I wanted to ask you. Do you think that them putting on, like this show being entertaining was because their backs were up against the wall? And it seems like when their backs are against the wall, they put on a good show? Yeah, it, it, or gets, was this- it puts them on their heels. They have to think outside the box. And with the resources and talent that they have, there's absolutely no excuse that they can't do something amazing like this did it suck yeah. that we had empty arena matches sure but at the end of the day look at what what else we got we got all these amazing promos as a sort of side consequence concession um and then we got these the the boneyard match which we were all kind of rolling our eyes at but shit that turned out to be awesome uh aj and taker going at each other and there was Bruce a lot Richard's of, I, I came into this rolling 
we were rolling our eyes, Nick. Uh, let's let's look back at our past selves and kind of slap ourselves on the wrist because yeah. we were actually rolling our eyes. A lot of stuff coming into this. Yeah. And I want to say to my past self, calm down, man. You're gonna have a good time. Yeah. Just just enjoy so. the ride. It was a good time. Yeah. Um, yep. Overall, I I my hope is that we get back to normal at some point within the next couple of months. I think we've been on a rough ride for the last four weeks or so with uh, the situation that's going on in the world, but I I. I feel like we've we've gotten through it. We've learned some new lessons, but I feel like now is where the real innovation begins. Now we're gonna with basically the whole world locked down uh, in a shelter in place situation. Now we're gonna start running into the real hurdles. Now let's see what kind of rabbit they can pull out of their hat because things are about mm-hmm. to get even more interesting for our beloved wrestling, and that's what I want to see happen. If what they did for WrestleMania here is any indication or look forward into the future. Phew, Give me a give me a cup of coffee and I'm gonna sit back and enjoy the ride because this is it's gonna be a good time. Uh, I I was so, I'm sorry I feel guilty that I even attempted to judge what I thought they might have to put in front of us for WrestleMania. Well, I loved it. That's literally literally our job here at this show, oh, Nick. Sure. So I I don't feel bad about doing that. I just I just I I look back I and go. I didn't huh. do so in a positive light. I should say. Well, uh, maybe, but at the same time, I I like the fact that we were pleasantly surprised. Yes. Very That's always a good so. feeling. So, good stuff. Good stuff. <sighs> and um, so, just Nick, here we are. That's the end of our WrestleMania weekend. We'll be back Tuesday with our regularly scheduled broadcast covering the Raw after WrestleMania. I'm very curious what they have in store for that. Yep. I'm. Is I Nick? I need to know. Is AJ Styles dead? Are the Good Brothers dead? Because somebody updated in the AJ Styles Wikipedia page with April fourth, twenty twenty, is dead. his death. He did. Carl Anderson was still up on that that corrugated roof. Undertaker tombstone up there when the fire blew up. So Carl Anderson's a, a burned corpse. Luke Gallows broke his neck falling off the roof. AJ Styles is buried. John Cena has been blinked out of existence by Bray Wyatt. What? Where are we going to go with this, guys? I love I love What's wrestling you- <laughs> right now. I just it's exactly what I want it to be. It's so much. Oh. What was the line from Star Wars? So much death. So. <laughs> I think that's Lord of the Rings, isn't oh, it? Oh, it is Lord of the Rings. How Thank can you. We, Sorry. Yeah. It's late. It's been a long we, weekend. Thank you guys for I just want to take a yes. moment. Thank you all for this absolutely amazing weekend and for coming along for this ride for us. It was the first time Ian and I had done something like this where we did Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. And we're going to be right Woo. back with you on Tuesday to talk about Monday Night Raw. So uh, what a weekend. What a fantastic uh, WrestleMania weekend overall it has been. Everybody who gave us some, some little coin in the tip jar, thank you so much for all of your support. Shout out to the Going In Raw fam and all of the friendos for all of the subs. Thank you guys so much for showing yeah, up. Yeah, dude. Well, much hey, love. I saw some friendos in, in the chat yeah, earlier. Absolutely. Hello, friendos. Dude, love you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for getting and us over I, that milestone. That's That's been haunting us for about time. six months now. Oh. And you guys really made a big difference. So cool. We do not take that lightly, and thank you very much. Steve Larson. Thank you to everyone who joined us in, in Discord. Oh, Steve Larson, love you guys. Yep. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you to everyone who was in Discord today, keeping it, keeping it lively. That was a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone in the chat right now, everyone listening at home who's downloaded our podcast. Thank you, everybody. That's the end of this season of wrestling, but not the end of the show. We will be back. 
But that is it for WrestleMania weekend. Yes, guys. Find all the links you need in the description below here on YouTube or over at BWOPodcast.com. Join us in Facebook. Get into the Discord server. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWOPodcast. And make sure you're subscribed right here at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at DatacenterDude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.